Hey, Hi. this is the Eric and Shaken Not Scared VV podcast. Yeah. Back at you again after a long time. After a terrible recording. We know how to do these things. It's been like, what, 58 episodes? Who are you? What? Welcome back to the Shaking Not Scared Podcast. Here with you as always, your host, Eric and Vivi. Today we're going to be talking about the 2021 film, Titana, directed by Julia DeCurno. But before we get into that, how are you, Vivi? Our lives are on fire. Yay! This is fine. So much so that I think we're going to do things a little differently today and just go straight into a movie. And maybe for a minute, because shit's just not going okay guys all right it's just hard to plan around things we have patreon listeners to appease and we might not even make it by the end of this month but we're gonna try this is hard yeah we got this we're doing fine the kids are doing fine elvira's like what the fuck's happening loki's like this is normal yeah he's fine we're not my head hurts right now so we don't have creepy content we don't have comfort content because there's no time for that but as a listener if you have some creepy content or comfort content that you'd like to share with us let us know just so that we can live vicariously through you yeah i don't know what's happening in the world gas prices are high that's oh. boring yeah let's not talk about those things. i want to start walking to work it's like a six hour walk that's fine we're fat i started taking the stairs <laughs> we work on the fourth floor and i just was like this is my only physical activity that i'll ever achieve for time unknown so peak health yeah i do be running out of breath by the time i'm at the fourth floor still haven't caught it good lord we're gonna get into the drinks for today i really wanted to make an oil change or something to do with motor oil so did you i think yeah i did find a motor oil drink or shot i guess it's like a three ounce shot that people typically make with jaeger coconut rum goldschlager which is like cinnamon schnapps peppermint schnapps i changed it up i didn't use coconut rum instead i swapped it to make it thicker because i didn't think that that consistency would be thick enough to be motor oil i do a lot of oil changes in my life i know what oil looks like that drink was not that thick so i wanted to make it thicker by using coconut cream instead and i used regular rum let's try this oil change i'm going to call it oil change the original is called motor oil i'm calling it oil change because i changed the recipe makes sense yes but in the context of this movie gross i have always wondered what it tastes like the drink or actual mor- actual motor, motor oil moral moral dilemma i can never say oil the same anymore after watching portlandia do you remember yeah moral oil. oil all right uh, let's try this i'm not sure if you mentioned this but you also added dye to it i did because how else will it be black i added the coconut cream and it looked like something else motor oil if you know what i mean again when you know what this movie's about strangely still works i'm nervous bottoms up taking this all down in one go. there you are it's I a giant shot don't sip it it's gonna be gross i don't even have this much space in my mouth that's actually not as bad as i thought it was gonna be the peppermint is so overpowering really i got nothing but fireball it's so overpowered by peppermint that i can't even tell you what else is in here yeah i see the aftertaste of fireball it's not gross it's decent it looks way grosser than it tastes oh the cream's at the bottom the motor cream said alexia what do you rate it i thought it was gonna be terrible i'll give it a 2.5 out of 5 because it's a lot of flavors to process it's like the dr pepper of shots it is that's a good way to describe it so what do you rate it i rate it a 3.5 it's not that bad come on go get your oil change and enjoy some of these fun facts it takes like 20 minutes so that's not how long these fun facts are gonna last what takes like 20 minutes oil changing your oil yes Mm. 
sexually. So the phone. What? I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what happens. Sexually. If you haven't guessed yet, she fucks a car. It's a story of love. It kind of is, but not for the fucking the car part. Are you ready to give me these fun facts? I want to know what's up with that baby. Julia DiCorno. I apologize because I don't know the correct pronunciation. Became the second female director and the fourth woman to win the Palme d'Or at Cannes Film Festival in 2021. I don't know if that's how that's pronounced. Palme d'Or. Palme d'Or. What does Palme d'Or mean? I, oh. I'm assuming it's an important one. I don't watch Cannes Film Festival. How dare you not watch every film festival out there? Look, I didn't go there, okay? I didn't go to France. I'm assuming this is in France. You didn't award her her award? No, I didn't, unfortunately. I think that's pretty cool because I think I mentioned a few weeks back that I had seen Raw, which was her first major film debut really loved it actually the main actress is in this film as well she has a very interesting style i actually want you to watch raw because i think you would recognize some of the things she does in her films yeah she said that she likes to sort of reimagine everything that's not status quo but also when i was watching the behind the scenes it sounds like it was really tough for her to deal with the feedback she got from raw and the expectations set by raw that making this film became that much more difficult because she started to get in her head, knowing that there was like these outside factors that were kind of watching her. But I think I saw in one of her interviews that she was kind of like, it took me a minute to separate myself from that and then do what I wanted to do, regardless of what people were expecting. And this movie is wild. Oh, yeah. So I think she delivered. The themes are really cool. I think you did some like, what the fuck does it mean videos. Oh, yeah. Because we watched this and we were like, what? the fuck is happening in this entire film <laughs> if you aren't thinking of it in that perspective and you just watch it for what it is you're kind of like what the fuck but if you look for the themes a lot of it makes sense when i first watched it it was our first watch together and we were just like so confused i'm the one who wrote the notes for today so watching it again i kind of saw more themes pop up it's one of those even though it's so wild you probably are like i'm good i don't think i need to see that again you probably should see it again in many interviews julia has emphasized that aside from the film being shocking it is a story about love and uses several themes including those of thrillers dramas and comedies to express the bond between the characters of her film even when little dialogue is used there's very little dialogue in this especially from alexia because she has to act like a guy the whole time yeah yeah whatever that means i could see how this film's about love on your second watch yeah because it's a redemption story she didn't get the love she was looking for from her father and that's all she knew and she had to become self-sufficient she's obviously a serial killer what happens to a person who maybe is psychologically affected by their upbringing and how is their story redeemable given the experiences that they go through. You know, what's funny is that I'm listening to you knowing what you're talking about. But if you're a listener who has not seen this movie, you're like, she fucked a car and she's a serial killer. Where are the old changes happening? <laughs> go watch this movie before listening to this episode. If that's not a given. Don't just listen to this episode and just be wildly taken back and then go watch the movie and then be wildly taken back again and then come listen to the episode. again. <laughs> yeah. I saw in an interview that Julia felt really passionate about including the scene where a guy tries to assault Alexia after a show saying that when a man decides to do this it never crosses their mind that they could be dealing with someone who can retaliate i think that all the time she says and obviously it is a really upsetting fact that she felt was important to include something like that in the film and that shouldn't be why you don't attack women just don't attack women i apologize as a guy that we are trash yeah because watching that scene i knew immediately what was happening it's that kind of universal fear when you're a chick of she's walking to her car alone at night and this dude is starting to chase her and she's trying to get away like i guess we should talk about this movie but she wasn't trying to kill him he kind of i mean he looked for it he was begging for <laughs> he it he was 
asking for it. It's a fucking asshole. It's so sad because we go to conventions a lot too, and I'm like, I wonder how many times people actually endure that, like at oh, shows. Oh, probably we go a lot. To, you know. Anyway, we'll be at ASIN in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you can beat us up there. Which your lack of deodorant looks like you're up for a speed run. Oh my god, this movie's so insane for a speed run. Do you want to do it, or are we not ready for that? We're never ready for that. Okay, cool. Why did we add this to our show? I don't know. It was fun the first time, and now this is stressful. <laughs> Maybe what we should do is just like do speed runs when we have guests on, and then just like save the listeners the whole like us just being like, and then she died. And then everybody dies. The end. The end. It's a horror show. What the fuck do you expect? We should make t-shirts. Let's say, and then everybody died. The end. We should. Would you buy that? I totally buy that. Would you buy that, listener? All right, ready? I guess so. Here we go. Actually, I think it's my turn, but oh, let's just continue. Bitch. Nope. Anyway, ready? One, two, three, go. Start over again because I'm not over <laughs> the fact that it might be your turn. One, two, three, go. We open on a girl in the car with her dad and she's like annoying her dad so much that he crashes and she like busts her head open and has to get a, a plate put in her head. We flash forward and she's like 30 years old and she's like a dancer at car shows and um she's really good at it and one night she's on her way back to her car and a dude a fan starts chasing her and he assaults her pretty much and she kills him and we find out that she goes to shower to wash all the blood off and she fucks a car and then um she's kind of just a serial killer because she's going on dates with people and she murders everyone in an, in an entire house and then she's on the run and then she's like trying to leave at a train station or an airport i don't freaking know and her wanted posters everywhere so she has like the idea to become a missing kid and she like fucks herself up to be that missing kid and she meets this dude who like is the dad of this kid and they have a great relationship and then she like is pregnant with the car's baby and then she gives birth to the car and like the dad has to take over the baby because <laughs> <laughs> are you done yeah i'm done are you done was that it was because that he loves her okay well you didn't make it if you were done because she also doesn't give birth to a car <laughs> a car baby you didn't say that you said she gives birth to a volkswagen i mean she does you said she gives birth to a beetle <laughs> punches the fuck have... out of vincent she's like punch buggy and dies i still have half this shot so i'll just i don't have it. a shot i'm gonna take a drink of wine like the classy bitch you are immediately available wine should always be immediately available we're drinking podcasts okay guys don't judge do you like that like millennial mom joke i made about wine it should always be on hand yeah just holster are we the generation that made that do we have so much of a high functioning alcoholic thing going that we need accessories to keep alcohol on us at all times the holster yeah there was like remember there was like the bangle that you could put booze in what there was like a purse there's a wine bra what yeah i need that <laughs> you need the wine bro <laughs> yeah support emotionally and physically mm. 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 maybe that's my headache because like... you don't have a wine bra yes <laughs> <laughs> makes sense before we get into what imdb said about this movie we chose this movie actually to cover earlier in the month but because our lives were in such chaos we are now getting to it at the end of the month. We were actually supposed to cover The Crow for Eric's birthday. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Which will probably come out the first week of April now. Yes. But we wanted to cover this movie for obvious reasons, it being that it is a female director and a female lead. And it is still International Women's Month. Yes, we love women and love women directors, actresses, everything that you do, whatever it is that you're in. We appreciate you. Happy 
Women's Month. So what does IMDb say about this movie? Following a series of unexplained crimes, a father is reunited with the son who has been missing for 10 years. Titan, a metal highly resistant to heat and corrosion with high tensile strength alloys. The fuck was that second sentence? They gave a definition of titanium. Who does that? Why would you do that? Was a man just like upset that it was about a woman and was like... And he had a mansplain the title? Absolutely. A father gets reunited with his son. No mention of women. This is what metal is in case you weren't sure. What's this film rated? Oh. Oh, shit. Hold on. That's really low. This film is rated 6.6 on IMDb. That's about average for IMDb. It won an award. People can get over the fucking the car part. I mean, this movie's insane. The entire first half of it feels like a completely different movie from the last half of it. Like, it's all just so much. It's a lot. Yeah. But it works. It brings the story together with the birth of a baby with a titanium spine. I want to know what happens to that baby. Is it a car? Is that baby a car? It is at least half car. What does that it mean? It is a hybrid, if you will. Is this like a sci-fi horror? You know what I mean? What classifies a sci-fi horror? You know what I mean? Like motors? <laughs> Motors and motors, cars, and horror? That sounds like sci-fi horror. I guess so. You know what I mean? It's not like a monster horror. You know what I mean? <laughs> Please stop saying that. <laughs> oh my God. I saw an interview where a dude asked Julia, oh, you chose that song and it like really reminds me of Stanley Kubrick. And I was like, oh my God, why would you do that? Why would you, why would you ask that? that? Jesus Christ. Read the room, guy. Fucking guy. Fucking guy. All right, ready to dive into this? Yeah, because I feel like you just went on a tangent. I could have done it now or later. I don't know which one you wanted. Do you want it now? A now and later? Could have done it now or later i would ask all the same questions later if not now yeah i mean i feel like you beat me to the question of general thoughts and i feel like that was your response it was definitely confusion and questions what'd you think movie's wild mm. no questions you know what i mean <laughs> you say you know i mean one more time <laughs> definitely couldn't get past the like what the hell is going on just how does a person come up with this story you know and i feel like this director is known for body horror and i've said previously on the show that i am not a huge fan of body horror but the way that she does it i can get behind because it's this feeling of you know it's gonna happen you know it's gonna happen but you don't want it to happen but it's gonna happen <laughs> should we get into it though? yeah let's go put it into overdrive we open on images of the inside of a car dripping oil and it goes on for a while like we see the inside of a car for quite a while until we see a young girl humming like a car engine in a car with her father as he drives her father i thought when i first watched this seemed like he was falling asleep and then turns on the radio like louder watching it the second time i realized he was just annoyed with his kid and was trying to tune her out this guy really really hates that his daughter exists the young girl trying to get a rise out of him begins to kick the back of her father's seat and he becomes more and more annoyed yelling at her to stop he escalates very quickly. She takes off her seatbelt to look out the rear window and her father just loses it. He gets very angry at her and turns to pull her back into her seat, causing him to lose control of the car and crash. And it is a very like blunt crash like the thud of her head against the glass oh yeah my god yeah it's really graphic you as a viewer are like yeah i guess she's being annoying she's kicking the seat i'd be annoyed if my kid was kicking the seat so you're not sure what direction this is going in but she doesn't deserve any of this we cut to some close-up shots of her in emergency surgery where a metal plate is being drilled and hammered into her head it really emphasizes the body horror yes as is going to be a continuing theme in this because it's close up it is all up in there yeah i'm sure she's real popular at the airports that sucks 
She is being examined after her surgery as her father looks away awkwardly. The entire time, she is giving him a death stare. He's like, are we done yet? Over when is it. this over? Dude, you're the one who put a dent in your kid's head. And he's completely fine, which is something that I've always thought is upsetting. People who are like really shitty and on like the better side of things, good people or whatever, will get like the worst side of a coin. And in this case, like she got the worst of that crash and he looks completely fine. Bored even. So I think Alexia's dad is officially our first award of the true villain of this story. Yeah. As she is being prepared to leave the hospital, we get a close-up of her very cool looking scar so my brother mark he has a scar and people oftentimes think that it's because he did it on purpose and it's interesting that sometimes people feel like self-conscious about it but it just means you're freaking metal dude yeah like people have no idea that mark's face has been peeled like a banana on their way out the young girl runs to the car and embraces it giving it a little kiss as well and we get a title card for the movie titan titan and right away you could see that she has kind of this attachment to a car which is interesting why does she have this attachment to the car like is it because this was like a life-changing moment and she's like it was the car that affected me i don't i don't get it i've heard a theory i don't know if i completely agree with the theory the theory is that she is so isolated from her parents like she was not taught to have emotional attachment to humans so being that she has a metal plate in her head and is used to cold mechanical treatment she finds more comfort in cold mechanical things like metal which is why she's attracted to justine's metal nipple piercings later on this sounds like she ended up in the wrong profession what profession should have she been in Mechan- i think she's mechanic like she should have been i mechanic. mean do you want a mechanic that's gonna fuck your car i mean we don't know what happens back there oh that's unfortunate like we say hey go change four tires we don't say hey go fuck them i mean i think she's in the right profession because she's dancing with cars she could dance with cars as a mechanic no one's gonna be there for that i like how we're debating which one's weirder like dancing on cars and fucking them or mechanicking on cars and fucking them mechanicking i'm just saying that she could have been like real up close and personal and inside of cars as a mechanic i think she wants cars inside of her it appears to be 20 years later this same girl now an adult is walking into a nightclub full of cars with women dancing on top of them she ties her hair up with a knitting needle and applies makeup in a car mirror She reaches her vehicle and begins her dance routine. It's a very early 2000s music video vibe. Yeah, all it needed was money being dropped and like people rapping. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Did you know that this was Agatha Roussel's film debut? I think I saw that she was chosen because she has a rather androgynous looking face which comes into play with what her character does later yeah i saw an interview with her and she was like yeah i saw like so many interviews as an actor when i wanted to be an actress myself about how people go through transformations and this seemed like the perfect opportunity for that so did she she had to right shave her head she's like i shave my head all the time regularly regardless of this role so like this was normal for me yeah it seems like it was really taxing on her though because she was saying that she would go through like six hours of makeup design and stuff like that and then would do like filming for like 10 hours then would go home go to sleep come back to do all of it she's like i started to like disassociate of like what i actually look like and who i am so it started to fit the role where identity is in question here i was gonna say that kind of comes into play with the whole like pregnancy theme in this movie she seems to be a crowd favorite because she is immediately asked for autographs and selfies there's this awkward exchange where a dude comes up to her and it's like can i get a selfie and she smiles and she's very dead in the eyes the most personality we get out of her is when she's dancing on the car she feels very much in power i would say in that moment which again goes to that theory of she interacts more with cold metal than actual people it's almost that much more meaningful at the end when she finally feels love 
from a person who probably also needed this situation to happen. It's just funny how like human interactions work. Yeah. I saw that one of the themes here is the theme of chosen family, but that is for the completely different second half of the movie because <laughs> it takes a turn. At the end of her shift, we see her in the showers with the other dancers. The dancer next to her introduces herself as Justine, but the girl does not respond. Instead, she drops her soap and as she lifts her head after picking it up, her hair gets caught in Justine's nipple piercing. Oh my God. This looks so painful. It's so awkward and it lasts so long. We get an awkward exchange of her trying to untangle her hair from Justine's piercing. Once again, Justine asks for her name, but the girl simply asks if her nipple piercing hurt. Justine replies no. They are being hurried by the other dancers who want to use the showers. While Justine is distracted yelling at them that they are busy, the girl yanks her hair off this autocorrected to ripple. <laughs> she rippled her nipple off. She did, basically. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you mentioned this theory that she feels close to metallic things. Because then in that case, you would think she'd be really into piercings. That question, did it hurt, makes me think, like, I should get some nipple piercings. I should She's get covered some in tattoos, though, like in terms of hurting or something. I'm referring to the metal. You would think she'd have more piercings, like some studs, some like bars. Do you think she's like, I got enough metal in me? The girl smirks and says she thought that the piercing didn't hurt. Justine says that yanking it always hurts. Obviously, it would hurt. (laughs) As she exits the club with the other dancers, she gets stopped by more fans who call her Alexia. And this is the first time we actually learn her name. Justine was the name of the character that Garance Malarialier played in Raw as well, right? Yes. So that's another fun fact. This director likes to use the same four names in all her films because in Raw, Justine has a sister named Alex is alexia interesting yeah and i forgot the other two names ryan it might be interesting we might watch raw after this because i really want eric to see that one she signs a few autographs and tells another fan that she's done for the night this fan then follows her and chases her down to her car and again like i mentioned earlier it's like that universal fear of a creep following you because he chases her he noticed her run and then he starts running after her i just don't understand like why people think this is cool we learn that alexia is a psychopath but like doing this is psychopathic as well she's running from you and you're like oh let me run after her no i I mean well like no you don't you're chasing someone down who clearly is fearing you hate him she makes it to her car but the guy is at the window begging for an autograph saying they met at a show before and that he loves her she gives him the autograph and tries to get him to leave but he insists on a kiss. It's cool. I like you. I love you. Give me a kiss. I know you from like the last show. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. I guess this is common in other cultures, like to greet people with kisses. Like we do it when we greet our families. I guess they do it in France as well. But I don't think that's the kind of kiss he's assuming here. It is what he does at first because she gives him the, the double kiss and then... Even that's fucking weird though, dude. Like you asked for your signature, you got it. You fucking chased her to her car. Go away. This is not a consensual interaction. But he insists on a kiss, saying he thinks he's in love with her. He asks if they can be friends, but then aggressively reaches into the car and pulls her face in for an actual kiss. At first, she is frozen, but she begins to kiss him back. As they are kissing, she reaches for the knitting needle in her hair and stabs him right in the ear. 
He convulses and foams at the mouth until Alexia throws his corpse off her. This was gross. He's foaming at the mouth all over her. I would have just thrown him off the car from the get-go. Why did I have to get all his spit all over me? (laughs) Apparently, she doesn't notice it because as she's like stuffing the corpse in her car, she's kind of like collecting herself and realizes that all the saliva is on her back. Yeah, I would have straight up just thrown him out the window and been like, gross. Baba. She runs back into the club to shower. As she is scrubbing herself clean, we we hear a loud thud. The mirror in the locker room begins to vibrate every time the thud is heard. So I thought this was going to be like a haunted movie from this first like scene. Obviously, she's already killed a man, but then it seems like there's some haunted elements going on. You don't know where this is going. Oh, and it does not go where you think it goes. Ever. Alexia goes to investigate, still naked and wet from the shower. She enters the now empty club room, and we can see that one of the cars her car that she was dancing on has its headlights turned on hello governor this is a regular show call out definitely not the same thing that's about to happen (laughs) she approaches it and begins to caress the car she gets in and the car begins to shake in case there were any doubts of what is happening we then get a view of alexia doing the car from the sunroof it's a really odd scene because it's kind of implied like the car seduces her. Like it's calling her out there with all the noises. Yeah, well, it didn't fucking chase her down like the other guy did. So honestly, in this case, it also was a better person than people were. Or at least in Alexia's mind, right? That's her whole bit. Yeah, it went vroom and she said, oh, tell me more, please. Ooh. And it's a very wild scene. Like the car is jumping up and down. It's got hydraulics. The next morning, we see Alexia is pretty bruised up and has a dark stain on her underwear that appears to be blood. So watching the scene as a girl, I was like, oh, she got her period. But then you see the stain and it is much, much darker than a period. And you're like, oh, something is definitely wrong here. Yeah, because when we first saw it, I was like, is that oil? And you're like, no, it's period blood. And I was like, no, that's like black goo. She's kind of examining her body and realizing that she's in pain after the whole one night stand with a car. One night stand? She might do this often. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't a one night stand, right? She probably does this pretty often. She has a pretty intimate relationship with her car. She knows it. She's been nurturing this relationship for a while, which is more than she could say for any relationship she has with anyone else she is watching the news in the living room as her father walks in on the news there's a report about a boy who has been missing for 10 years in the region of paris and it's a rule of horror movies you always pay attention to the news the radio something going on in the background this is actually adrian who comes into play later alexia and her father both prepare themselves something to eat but never seem to acknowledge each other. Her father sits down at the dinner table while Alexia eats in front of the TV. The news story has changed to a report of a potential serial killer in the area. This report causes her father to look at the TV and then look at her. I thought this was a very interesting scene. Foreshadowing without foreshadowing? Or maybe he sees something in his daughter? I don't know. He's like, it's you. You're Adrian. Fucking, no, you're the serial killer. Oh. (laughs) You're the kid that's been missing for 10 years. I stole you. I knew that you weren't my kid. I lost you at the hospital 10 years ago. And then tried to kill you in a car accident. Alexia's mother comes in and immediately says hi to her daughter. Alexia mentions that her stomach hurts and her mother tells her to ask her father to examine her. Her father then makes a face that is so distraught it pains him to have to interact with his daughter. It was so uncalled for. This is why people shouldn't have kids. Seriously. If they really don't want to have kids. The kid doesn't deserve to have you treat them the way you do. And they end up becoming a serial killer. He examines her but says that nothing is wrong with her. She insists that she has a pain in her stomach and she tries to show him but he snatches his hand back and walks away and she just kind of looks like what the fuck i mean if you're a doctor dude just like 
Why does he hate interacting with his daughter so much? Your responsibility as a parent is to care and nurture your kid. Don't give a fuck. And he just, yeah, is like, fuck you. Why are you even here? Well, later we find out that she's 32 years old. So I would also ask that question. <laughs> no, because like it could be. No, because we're Mexican. And if our parents had their way, we'd both still be at home. We might be home in like two months. Who fucking knows, right? Let's not talk about that. Later that night, Alexia is on a date with Justine. Very bold of Justine for someone who has gotten her nipple ripped off. <laughs> foreshadowing someone who has gotten their hair stuck in your nipple ring and ripped it off i don't think i'd want to go on a date with him things between them are getting hot and heavy with alexia being very fixated on justine's nipple ring so much so that she almost rips the piercing off with her teeth this is one of those scenes where i was like i knew it was coming but i was still like distraught watching it like oh god she's gonna do it i literally just go near you and you're like you're ripping my nipples off i mean yeah because you're violent i'm literally just standing next to you right now and you're like you almost ripped my nipple because you'll be like can you hand me that <laughs> again no one can see that this is an audio medium she just ripped my nipples off justine pushes her off yelling that it hurts but still invites her to go back to her place i feel like dude the night's over yeah i don't get justine's insistence to continue to do this i mean she's just horny mm. because like she's into it but not really no i think she's too into it because later on she finds out that she's pregnant and she's still trying to do her like this woman just found out that she's pregnant and she's in a state of shock and justine's still trying to like put the moves on her my nipples off it's fine instead alexia runs past her and vomits in a nearby body of water as she is looking down she notices that her stomach is protruding she undoes her pants and examines herself and she pulls her hand up to see that it is covered in oil cool do you think this car baby pregnancy is like a full nine months i don't know because the timeline that she later spends with the captain i'm unsure if they had like pretty much a year together like the full development of the pregnancy or that car baby hybrids are born super fast i just looked up how long does it take to make a car it says 17 to 18 hours that's actually a lot faster than a thought assembly line anyway this movie takes place in a span of 18 hours <laughs> it's not that fast she runs back to justine for comfort in the next scene alexia has taken a pregnancy test that confirms that she is pregnant she takes the knitting needle from her hair and trigger warning stuffs toilet paper into her mouth as she attempts an at-home abortion we watched this and i screamed go to the hospital and eric immediately screamed go to a mechanic right after <laughs> tasteless joke <laughs> go to a mechanic well because there's oil everywhere okay well, i don't know what's happening here is she a car what's happening she is interrupted by justine the two are in the living room having a conversation about what's going on and continue to make out when alexia once again pulls out her knitting needle and attempts to stab Justine in the ear. She misses stabbing Justine in the cheek. It is a real <laughs> gnarly look. It's actually really cool. She just looks at her in complete shock. Like, and then still keeps trying to fuck her. <laughs> That's just Justine's Justine, vibe. Justine, you're a little too horny for me. I need you to bring it down. You're being threatened. Yeah, at this point, you also are just confused on what's Alexia's entire intent. You're like, is she just threatened by anyone and everything? Like, she's just trying to have sex with her and that's really the only personality trait we see from Justine. But you're like, oh, like, what the fuck? She's just killing anybody then like even the ones that are decent to her yeah you know? because she doesn't know how to interact with people this is a uh, daddy issues gone wild alexia pulls the needle out and the two begin to struggle alexia eventually gets the upper hand and drives the needle into justine's ear ramp up the music as justine's body stops convulsing one of her roommates makes his way downstairs he hasn't even noticed that anything has happened. So what y'all up to 
Oh, that's cool. Y'all Y'all keep doing what you're doing. I'm just going to get some milk from the fridge. When Alexia just attacks him with a fire poker. Fuck, I just wanted some milk. She takes him down, but all the noise has caused his partner to come down and he yells at her to call the cops as Alexia begins to attack him with a stool. She gets one of the legs of the stool into his mouth and puts all her weight on it. Yeah, fucked up. It is a pretty gnarly gill. With a sick gurgling sound, we know that she has killed the roommate. She sits on the stool to rest as we zoom out and see the damage that has been done to him. Grabbing the poker again, she makes her way upstairs to where the other woman is and knocks on the door. That's when a third roommate appears asking for the bathroom. I felt bad for this guy because he was just like there. This guy was so nice. Yeah, he had like no reason to die. I hope I wrote his name right. Is it on here? Jerome. A lot of these names in like French, like Ryan, I think is the name of the other character, but it's spelled like R-A-Y-A-N-E. Yeah. I think it's Ryan. IMDb did a great job of getting names. Let me go through here real quick. One sec. I just want to take note of like the grade A casting information that we get from IMDb. Ready? We got Adrian's mother alexia's father alexia's mother the fan tuning show the macarena lady that's my favorite the young man Kalak too alexia's doctor bpf inspector shower hostess and security guard tuning show and that's it amazing anyway. anyway alexia looks visibly exhausted and asks how many of them are there she introduces herself as alex and goes to hug jerome he asks if she is okay and she just says that she's totally wiped he should have been like the only one that survived. Yeah, because he's so nice. He even then asks her if she wants to use his bed. And she actually goes through the whole process of like introducing herself, kisses him on both cheeks and hugs him as she's saying she's super tired. As he's offering her his bed, we zoom out and see that Alexia has the fire poker pointed right at him and she stabs him. And he dies really fast. It's so sad. It's comical, but it's sad. I mean, this scene is weird. It's a massacre scene, but it has comedic vibes to it. Yes. Entirely, right? Because at this point, the music has stopped for a minute and then picks right back up as the girl from earlier tries to make a break for it while Alexia is distracted. Alexia catches up to her and the two struggle for a while, but eventually the girl is able to get away from her. Alexia just collapses on the stairs of the apartment, then proceeds to make her way home. She has covered herself in a blanket to hide the blood, but once she makes it home, she shakes it off. Her father is literally watching her the entire time she's doing this and seems completely uninterested that his daughter just came home covered in blood. Yeah, whatever. Maybe the cops will take it from me. I don't give a shit. I mean, like my cigarette. <laughs> Alexia simply makes her way into the garage and proceeds to set her blood-stained clothes on fire. The flames continue to spread throughout the house as Alexia checks on her parents. Her father seems to wake up from sleep and goes to reach for her, but she locks them in their bedroom, and we assume that they are left to burn to death, which I thought was kind of shitty because her mom didn't seem that bad. I don't know. I guess is it Alexia's interpretation? that her mother could have done more i guess so because i think if i saw you treating our kid like that i'd be like what the fuck's your problem we like, didn't really say much about her either like no. even with the crash you'd think that she'd also be at the pissed yeah at her husband she'd be at the operation being like fuck you divorce. i mean she's there she could have just been like yeah it was an accident if her daughter doesn't tell her like yo dad just got mad at me and that's why he crashed i don't the car. know babe if you and me are walking around the house and every time our daughter starts trying to talk to me i'm like oh oh my god yeah who brought this thing here? i mean oh Hey, daughter. Sorry, your, your, mom, your mother's here. Don't act like I love you. Mm. Don't forget that I fucking hate you. Oh, how are you doing, honey? That's how you get a serial killer. Yeah. Oh, I was just telling her how much I love her. Yeah. Don't, don't, uh, don't ask questions. 
Alexia is now on the run, hitchhiking her way to a train station or airport. I couldn't really tell the difference, but it is full of cops. This is where she realizes that her wanted photo is being displayed everywhere. She takes a moment to collect herself when she notices the image of a missing boy that has been aged up 10 years. You've seen these, right? Where they're like, this is what they would look like now get, if they were found. I don't get how those work. I don't want to sound like an idiot, but I've seen like videos of people who are like, well, how accurate is it and how likely is it to be true? And there's plenty of cases where it's like, oh, thanks to that, it actually helped us find Worked. the person. There's so many people who don't look anything like when they were kids. I feel like I don't really look like what I looked like as a kid. I was a pale ass kid. I'm not that pale anymore. You kind of got your winter shade on. You're pretty pale. Well, I was paler. You look like you did as a kid. Yeah. But I don't really look like I did as a kid. I could totally tell it's you. But you're my literal <laughs> wife so what this movie had me thinking about too was like this guy vincent who thinks that alexia is his son i think if you're a parent and you know what your kid looks like you're gonna know whether this person actually is your son or not or daughter or not i think the captain's an interesting case because he obviously just wants to believe that that's his son it's that thing of grieving you're just like um i'll take whatever i get yeah it's at this point in the movie that i feel like the tone shifts a lot but seeing the aged up photo seems to give her an idea. She makes her way to a public bathroom where she begins a transformation. She has a bag full of stuff. And I feel like we've seen this scene in a lot of movies where they go to the bathroom and give themselves a makeover. It reminds me of Gone Girl where she goes into the bathroom and cuts off all her hair. She's Beats the fuck out of herself. She should have just gone the MCU route, put a hoodie on and some sunglasses. That's all you really need. Yeah, completely different person. Clark Kent did it. I saw a TikTok that was just like the ultimate transformation and it was like just Clark Kent and he's like, glasses. he's hunched over, got the glasses on and he's just like straightens out because that's what being Superman means. It means you get rid of the hunchback, you get rid of the glasses. Well, it's the same thing as when you're the ugly girl and you take off your glasses and obviously you're hot. You were hiding all of that? This whole time? You were hot this whole time? Oh my God. How did I miss this? She begins to cut off all her hair and shaves off her eyebrows and begins to tape down her boobs. This is where like the timeline is weird because her belly looks more prominent now. She looks like she's about three months pregnant when she found out she was pregnant a day ago. But she begins to tape all of that down and it looks pretty painful and uncomfortable. The final act of her transformation is trying to break her nose. She tries to punch herself, but when that doesn't work, she places her nose on the edge of the sink and brings her face down with full force. I can't imagine doing this. That takes, like, balls. When she looks up in the mirror, it's clear that she succeeded and she begins to laugh. I don't think it's, like, that simple, though, right? It would hurt a lot. I've never broken a nose. I don't think I've ever broken anything, have you? No. I have, like... <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know how to walk. Nearly fractured my ankle like twice. <laughs> one of them was like the day before our wedding. Oh, yeah, yeah. I that was that. fun. I was there. And then one was like when I was in eighth grade playing soccer. As a kid, I was playing Marco Polo in the basement by myself. And I ran into a pole. <laughs> the most psychotic sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> and I ran into a pole, my eyes closed. I'm pretty sure that this is because of that. Oh, so you might have. Because it hurt a lot. And I never went to the went doctor. Went to the doctor. Yeah. Interesting. Now I'm looking at your nose like, oh yeah, I could totally see if it was broken. It's a little angled. Yeah, here. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene we get is a man that we later learn is known as the captain arriving at a police station. Vincent. For the rest of the movie, I just called him the captain because that's how his squad refers to him. I thought it was just funner to say the captain. El Capitan. El Capitan. 
Morgan. He is being asked to identify the disguised Alexia as his missing son. When the police say they can run a DNA test, the captain immediately shuts down the idea and says that he will know his son when he sees them. When the captain is shown his quote unquote son, he is clearly overcome with emotion and simply nods at the police officer. This guy does a really good job at being this type of person. Character. Yeah, right? Vincent Linden. In an interview was talking about his relationship with Alexia and how Agatha was a novice to acting and he's like, yeah, I've been acting for a while. And the fact that she was a novice added to that dynamic that they were looking to achieve. Of like father-son yeah, mentor. Like, yeah. I think they have really great chemistry between them. Just for clarity reasons, the captain obviously refers to Alexia as his son. I'm just going to continue to call her Alexia. The captain then is driving Alexia to her new home but not before stopping at a gas station, where, overcome with emotion, he asks why she is not speaking. He decides that it's okay and that she will talk when she is ready. When they reach a stop, Alexia takes an opportunity to escape, jumping out of the car and beginning to run. She is quickly caught by the captain, who promises that he will kill anyone who tries to hurt her, including himself. It's a very sad, tender moment, but like, he's toxic as well. <laughs> yes, in that way that think about a parent that has lost everything in losing their son and grieving for it and then returns to you and you're like, I'm not going to let anything happen. I'm not yes. letting that happen again. It's toxic because the person who's come back isn't going to see it from that perspective they're going to be like you're being very intrusive it's a psychological effect that happens to that person who has had to go through that grieving again this is where the movie is like whoa what a turn now we're invested in the captain's story with his son they arrive at the fire department where the captain also lives outside the home one of the firemen under the captain's orders has waited up for him to give him some dinner the captain introduces alexia as his son adrian and his employee as ryan once inside alexia is given her own room where she she quickly untapes her body for some relief. And we see the effects as the movie goes on, like the scarring that this is causing her. Real quick to touch on Ryan, though. One of the themes in this film seems to be the chosen family. And it is clear that Ryan wants the captain to fill some kind of like father figure role for him. The captain doesn't give a shit. Doesn't care because he now has who he believes is his real son. There's a lot of identity crises happening here, which I think is done on purpose. So Julia in her interviews was like, it's a question of who am I and does it really matter? Which is like, cool, right? It's like, am I a woman? Am I a man? Am I a son? Am I Alexia? Am I Adrian? I saw that one of the major themes here, because we're not smart enough to figure this out on our own, is the question of gender identity. And we're going to see as the movie progresses that the captain has these like perceived notions of masculinity and she has perceived notions of femininity and they seem to be happiest when they're like in an androgynous state. But Alexia's relief is short-lived because the captain barges into the room demanding her dirty clothes. She is fighting him because he tries to just pull her dirty clothes off of her and instead makes him turn around while she changes. All this is happening while Alexia doesn't say a single word. Like the rest of this movie, she doesn't say anything. And I think it just goes to show you how strong of an actress she is because to not be able to speak but 
convey emotion in every scene, I didn't even notice that she wasn't speaking because I was so involved with her character. She hands the captain her dirty clothes and he retreats from the room, but finds her knitting needle amongst her things. Later in the evening, alone in the bathroom, we see the captain injecting himself with steroids. We can see that he does this pretty often as he has many bruises on his butt from the injections. He begins to flex in the mirror. He then proceeds to go and do a workout, but becomes more and more frustrated as he can't bring himself to do the workout as well as he wants. He's trying to do like pull-ups and he is struggling. So much so that he falls on the ground and starts basically having a tantrum. He reverts back to being young again. And by young, I mean baby. Yeah, he did what he wanted. It is the next morning and Alexia begins the day by taping herself up again. The captain is then helping her in the washroom by putting a brace on her broken nose and starts to shave her head. He stops when he gets the scar on her head as she flinches away every time he touches it. And he's like, come here, fuck you and your pain. I think, okay, like imagine being the captain thinking this is your son and they now have a huge scar on the side of their head. I mean, he's doing the reasonable thing, which is like, you'll talk to me when you're ready, but also I'm going to be intrusive as fuck and do whatever I want when you don't listen to me. He's very conflicting. Instead of forcing her to shave all of her hair, he stops and gets a baseball cap to put on her. He says that she is beginning to look halfway decent. Judgy as fuck, bro. Damn. He then decides to take- You look halfway decent. Got him. Does he though? No. Got him. Again. The captain then takes Alexia to the firehouse where we meet the rest of the firemen under his command. The squad starts to make fun of Alexia, but the captain shuts this down, saying if he is God to them, then Alexia is Jesus. Yo, chill, bro. You're just my boss one of them has like daddy issues with him so he might be god to him okay well that guy can go pray but it seems like none of them believe that alexia is really the captain's son later while running a training simulation the captain freezes as he sees the burnt body of a small child that's fucked up he freaks out seeing what looks to be like the child's room their toys and things like that And it seems like the captain is having this moment of realization of I missed out on their childhood kind of thing or their childhood was taken from them because, again, your child was returned to you, but with horrible scars and is not speaking. You get that vibe from him when he's trying to like teach Adrian or Alexia things like you get that he's trying to make up for lost time. Yeah, but he freaks out so much that the simulation has to be ended. That night at dinner, the captain once again asks Alexia if she will ever speak. Alexia is clearly frustrated, but the conversation takes a turn when the captain notices that Alexia is lactating. She has stains going down her shirt at this point. I'm pretty sure that from the get-go, the captain didn't really believe. believe it, right? I think part of it is that the captain just needed someone. That also makes it more like a it's just sad you're gonna fulfill this purpose whether you like it or not it's just fucked up all around he tries to help alexia but she simply tries to run off again in response the captain implores her to stay and runs to turn on the radio he starts dancing in a rather feminine way and pulls alexia in to dance this scene goes from being like kind of cutesy where they're dancing and he's trying to get her to have a good time but then he starts bumping into her he's mosh pitting with his son (laughs) yeah i would say that this scene is meant to like i don't know if i'm using this word correctly but it's a juxtaposition of the earlier scene where alexia is doing anything to get a rise out of her father and now this man in the father role is doing anything to get a rise out of alexia like any response because Mm. she's so cold and she doesn't know how to deal with it so she's trying to run exactly Yeah. yeah he starts bumping her in the chest and smacking her to get a reaction out of her the only thing i was thinking about was like the baby 
<laughs> I didn't even remember the baby at this point. Yeah, because he's like body slamming her. She eventually starts smacking him back and pulls out her knitting needle. And the captain just taunts her, asking her if she's part of a knitting club. Fucking do it. I'm ready. Telling her to fight like a man. He's able to tackle Alexia and throws the house keys at her telling her she doesn't have to run, that she's already home. She takes the keys and runs out of the house. Upset, the captain decides to juice up again. He looks in the mirror disappointed and decides he needs to inject even more. However, this proves to be a bad idea as he begins to pass out in the bathroom. Meanwhile, Alexia has made her way to the bus. This scene with the bus is fucked up. It's just unfortunate that this happens. Yeah. It seems like she's about to leave for good when another young woman gets on the bus, followed by a group of rowdy men. They start harassing the young woman and she looks uncomfortable at Alexia. This scene is interesting because Alexia kind of looks at her like, I know what you're going through. And the entire time, this young woman believing that she's a man is kind of like, do something, help me. And Alexia doesn't. No, the immediate next scene is her back at the house and it's like, what happened to the lady? <laughs> yes she gets off the bus and just goes back home so it's almost like she's saying it's easier to be a man in some oh, capacity shit. and again it's that whole gender identity thing that's fucked up i would like to see a spin-off film of what happened after the bus and then we see this woman turn into a murderous femme fatale where she, fucks she also has dudes. a knitting needle in her hair and she just stabs all of them yeah so we didn't see this but alexia actually just gives knitting needles to women and then encourages them to oh, murder yeah yeah <laughs> this interaction makes Alexia get off the bus and return to the captain's home, where she finds the captain passed out in the bathroom. It is at this point that Alexia takes out her knitting needle once again, but can't bring herself to kill the captain. I thought he was dead for a sec. I thought he OD'd. Alexia instead grabs the clippers and shaves off the rest of her hair, deciding to fully commit to this new identity. Now she's in it for real. Now she's in it for the long run. She tries to wake the captain and this is the first time we hear her speak in his presence. However, he obviously doesn't hear it. She does call him dad though. The next day, Alexia is going through adrian's old things and finds a woman's maternity dress she tries it on looking at her maternal figure in the mirror when the captain barges in alexia tries to hide in the closet but he quickly finds her in that dress the captain just looks at her and begins to laugh and shows her a picture of adrian when he was young and wearing that exact same dress he says that no one can tell him that she's not his son and shows her a ton of affection it's just a sweet sad scene yeah because your expectation is he's gonna be pissed and he's just like no yeah look this is yeah back memories he seems like a character that has like toxic masculinity but he didn't care that his son dressed up in a dress. We expect him to be this way, especially given his whole like... Doing steroids to stay manly. Uh, yeah. yeah. But doesn't put that pressure on his son. That's very interesting. Yeah. We cut to the next scene. It seems that the captain has decided to train Alexia to be a fireman. 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 Taking her along on calls with him and Ryan. They're at the home of a young man where the mother has called the men fearing that her son has overdosed because he will not open the door or respond. This is a really sad scene with the mother. It is. Because she watches the whole thing unfold. It's also very odd because she's like, oh no, I never go into his room. What if he has a woman in there? Like, lady, barge into that room. I can't imagine putting my mom through this situation. You know what I mean? Like, and vice versa. I can't imagine being a parent and like having to be there, seeing my kid go through this. What the fuck? That's scary. But wouldn't you barge into the room? Yeah, fuck you. What the fuck are you doing in there? <laughs> The fuck? She's a small old lady, though. They rush into the young man's room to see that, yes, he has indeed overdosed on drugs. The captain begins to work on the son when the mother passes out. 
The captain then teaches Alexia how to give her CPR as he continues to work on the sun. With his instructions, Alexia has actually saved a life instead of taking one. The captain is very proud of her when all is said and done. What song do they use? Macarena? The Macarena. Oh, I was thinking of staying alive in the office. That's always what they tell you, right? Yeah, Macarena CPR. feels like a just left field ass song too. Because like da 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 I guess yeah, it's the same it makes beat. sense. Da, yeah, da, yeah. Look Get at us figuring it out. That was a very horrible interpretation of Macarena. Macarena. Macaroni. With the chicken strips. That was her on the car. Oh, no. The captain is very proud of her, and Ryan watches as the two share an embrace. While riding back to the station, Brian sees Alexia's wanted photo on his phone. He asks Alexia where she's really from, and she just stares at him and begins laughing. She does not give a fuck about this man. No, what's he going to say? Like, hey, captain, this girl's a murderer. That sounds crazy. (laughs) Back at the fire station, there's a very nightclub-looking dance party going on. So at this fire station, there seems to be only men in employed who are dancing that's a guy's only fireman club seems like it it's a very homoerotic scene or what i interpreted as the male gaze flipped because we often see scenes like this with women like very romanticized them dancing very sexualized scenes but it's men so this is one of the instances where the captain joins in on the dancing and appears to be enjoying himself the moments that he seems to be enjoying himself the most is when he kind of lets go of that notion of masculinity and is kind of just very femme, enjoying himself, doesn't care, until Ryan pulls him aside to talk. He tells the captain he needs to talk to him about his son, but the captain does not want to hear it. Instead, he heads back to the dance floor. Ryan confronts Alexia, telling her to crawl back into the hole where she came from. Instead, she goes to dance with the captain. It's a very like, fuck you. I know you got daddy issues, but your daddy wants to be with me not with you (laughs) what is happening it's a weird exchange because he even says like the tension between us it's like dude if you were like attracted to this person energy between us okay again the identity question is heavily played here maybe even ryan is like i like you that's okay ryan you don't gotta go threatening people just because you're attracted to another man cops if you don't stop being so damn sexy (laughs) (laughs) we cut to the next day back in the captain's home and adrian's mother has shown up to see alexia she looks at alexia for a long time and hugs her the three are having dinner and Adrian's mother asks if Alexia is adapting well. The captain tells her that she does not speak, but that it's okay that he looked it up and it's normal. You kind of get that the mother immediately realizes that Alexia is not her son. Oh yeah, again, mother's intuition, it's not that hard to tell. Dad has this issue of being like, no, it's my kid and I'm not going to really give a shit. Yeah. Mother's going to be like, that's us. Yeah. But she talks to Alexia anyways, saying that the two of them could go on a trip if she would like. When Alexia doesn't respond, she asks the captain how he could live in that house next to their son's abandoned room for so many years. It's really sad because she says, how can you be near his toys? His smell still lingers in this house. And he just like did not give up on finding his son. And I think she did. Both of those are sad. The giving up is not good conceptually like you do want to get over it because your life has to continue but there's the alternative that is like i'm gonna keep searching and both can be bad bad yeah Yeah. like in the extreme you know this is just so sad and i hope to never ever ever be in this situation the captain excuses alexia so he can talk to adrian's mother alone he tells her that she isn't allowed to take alexia in the privacy of her own room alexia is scratching away at her pregnant belly oh my god the itch i feel itchy just watching it 
it's so bad because she's clearly way more pregnant than she was a couple days ago. 17 hours ago. And the taping everything down has caused like scarring and pain. I thought the scarring was from her scratching too. I thought it was the tapes. They're like lines. I mean, on top of it, but yeah. like her scratching has led to literal seams into what looks like the exterior of a car under the belly. Yes. So she is scratching away at her pregnant belly and freaking out because she has opened a wound on her stomach. And through the wound, we see again, motor oil and metal. And titan. And titan. Her body looks ravaged with scars from constantly taping it down. And she hits her stomach in frustration for the pain to stop. She tries to tape up her body again, but this only causes her to lactate oil, which is a question I didn't want answered. What does a baby human hybrid eat? Moil. It's a milk oil hybrid. This whole scene is just like, ah, you know, yeah. <laughs> the viewer. she's pregnant with a car, but also this looks painful. What the fuck? And it's this whole theory and horror because i'm a nerd and wrote a thesis about this in college it's this notion called the monstrous feminine where horror often depicts the female body as terrifying in relation to giving life but i think what this director is trying to do here is show that pregnancy is something that is often i mean it's a choice ideally right to get pregnant but what happens to you from then on is not a choice it just happens to you and that's a terrifying thing and your identity changes as yeah, well because some people have like easy pregnancies and, other and some people, people have, have terrible ones. terrible ones yeah it seems like her experience is just terrible granted she's giving birth to a car baby it is at that moment when adrian's mother walks in and the sight of alexia confirms what we suspect she already knew that alexia is not her child at this point you're like oh shit what's gonna happen next is she gonna call her out and she kind of doesn't no she takes the understanding route out as well i don't know the fuck you're doing here but make sure you don't fuck it up yeah she closes the door behind her and grabs alexia by the stomach she asks what she would do if she couldn't mourn the loss of her own child alexia simply crumbles to the ground in pain adrian's mother seems to pity her asking what mess she got herself into but then she grabs her face and tells her that she doesn't care why she is doing this, but she must promise to take care of the captain. When Alexia promises that she will, Adrian's mother simply storms off. Later that night, Alexia is watching the news when the captain calls her for help. On the news, it is stating that they have no leads in the young woman suspected in being responsible for all the killings that took place in Paris that previous year making me think it's been like a full nine months at least and she's like damn sucks for that girl she's like that's crazy wow this is when the captain calls her for help she walks into the bathroom and sees him about to inject steroids let me show you how to be a man that's a real awkward scene to walk into she's about to walk away but he asks for her help because he's tired of bruising himself so now i need you to bruise me alexia asks him if he's sick and this is the first time she has spoken to him he smiles and responds, no, I'm just old. She takes the needle from him and injects him afterwards. The captain says he's the one that's supposed to take care of Alexia, not the other way around. He sits her down on the edge of the tub and asks if she trusts him. He then begins to put shaving cream all over her face. This doesn't work. But she does have facial hair at the end. I don't know. I shave my face and I'd be pretty fucking hairy. That's just natural. That's just because you Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I've read that this is meant. It's not because I shave my legs. And when I first shaved my legs, my hairs weren't as thick and prickly as they are now. you know what you need to do what do i need to get to do? a tattoo because my leg hair is where my tattoo is i, I have seen. two leg tattoos i have two legs 
<laughs> I have two legs. No, but if you look at where my tattoos are, my legs, there's a lot less hair than Okay, listen. I am hairier than you on my body. Okay, just get more tattoos. I don't know what you want to tell You're you. You're absolutely right. I will get more <laughs> tattoos. Support our show on Patreon. <laughs> so I can get more tattoos. <laughs> We're going to test this theory. I want a full beard, but I have a patchy facial hair situation. So let's make it happen. We cut to the next scene, which is the captain and Ryan responding to an actual call. It seems like they are in the woods making their way towards the fire when the captain gets dizzy from the flames and collapses. Ryan asks him to say his name so that he knows he's conscious. But when the captain doesn't answer, he asks if he knows her name. What the fuck, Ryan? Not the time. They reach the source of the fire, which appears to be a mobile home. The captain hands Ryan a tank of either gasoline or propane and tells him to secure it as he goes to meet up with the front lines. We cut to Alexia, who appears to just be waiting in the fire truck for her father to return, a safe distance away. She witnesses a huge explosion from the fire truck as the rest of the team goes to aid the captain and Ryan. The captain seems to have survived the blast, but unfortunately the same cannot be said for Ryan. Now, here is the question. Did he do this on purpose? I get the vibe that he did, right? I absolutely. That he set him up? Get the vibe that he did. He mentioned earlier on in the film that he would kill anyone that harms Alexia. So him questioning who his son is. It feels totally on purpose. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. Vincent's crazy. Vincent's like ride or die for his son. (laughs) I mean, like any parent should be, right? Yeah. (laughs) Back home, Alexia's in the shower. When she notices the baby kick in her stomach, she's surprised by this and touches where the baby has just kicked, smiling at her pregnant belly for the first time ever. The baby's just like doing burnouts inside her pregnant belly. Have you seen babies move in bellies? It's insane. Yeah, you could see their like little feet. In HD? Yeah. Yeah, like in the movie. Oh. You see the little hand. It's like a mutant inside of you. Yeah, why do people do that? It's crazy. I mean, she's having a car. That's like different. It's real different. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This baby's built different. It, It really is, yes. She gets out of the shower and looks in the mirror, and she actually apologizes to the baby as she begins to tape up her body again. The captain knocks on the door and enters as she covers herself up with a towel. The captain looks down at her belly and says that he doesn't care who she is. She is his son, and she will always be his son. He embraces her, but as he pulls away, her towel drops. It's kind of a moment where he's like, okay, yeah, this confirms what I thought, but I don't care, because he picks up the towel and just covers her up again. We cut back to the firehouse, where there appears to be a rave going on, which I thought was odd because didn't one of their teammates just die? Yes, it is odd. <laughs> They're like, yes, fucking Ryan is gone. Fucking hated oh him. Oh my God, what a buzzkill. Such a daddy's boy. Wow. It wasn't even his daddy. None of us didn't even care about the captain. But the men are shirtless and basically creating a mosh pit with Alexia joining in on it. They are throwing each other like crazy, and in the midst of all the chaos, Alexia sees Ryan, who looks horrifically scarred. It's one of those kind of scary jump cuts where I'm pretty sure Ryan is dead and she's just seeing him Mm -hmm. out of guilt. I don't know. It didn't seem like she gave a shit about Ryan. No, also, why would this happen if she doesn't know what happened with the captain? That's true. Like, Why would she feel any guilt or remorse? Or maybe she suspects it, too. She's just haunted by him knowing what's going on with her past you know yeah but then if he was dead she wouldn't care you know it seems like the only person she cares for is the captain look i think that it's that alexia as much as she's been self-sufficient prior to this she's starting to learn what it means to be human and have relationships so normal things like guilt and remorse for what you've done starts to become more normal where ryan's like a reminder hey you did this 
don't forget it. And she's like starting to experience the difference between like what caused her to get there and what could have been for her life. So that would make more sense to me if she saw like Justine or someone she actually had a more meaningful relationship with. Did she have a meaningful she relationship? She definitely with interacted more with Justine than she did with Ryan. Ryan was just annoying all the time. I just don't think that her relationship with Justine was that impactful it was, was her relationship with ryan no i was just ta- trying to out her the entire time i'm not saying that ryan as a person mattered i'm saying that what he means is what mattered like he's a reminder of her past life before this situation it's not that it was ryan it doesn't matter that it was him it's that he was like a window into her past i guess as much as she's starting to kind of normalize like oh this is what it means to be loved this is what it feels like to matter to someone this is what it feels like to care about other people he was there to be like no don't forget what you did don't forget Mm. what you endured okay it doesn't matter that it was him it could have been literally anybody yeah okay okay i'll give you that one (laughs) you convinced me being distracted by seeing ryan she is thrown down by one of the other guys who just mosh pits straight into her i thought this scene was gonna end with her like miscarriaging or something was gonna happen that was like oh fuck she's a woman who's pregnant i mean kind of you know because two guys then carry her and help her climb to the top of one of the fire trucks once there the crowd of men cheer her on and encourage her to dance when she begins to dance the only way she knows how very feminine and provocative as she did in her club days the men become extremely confused and uncomfortable and i found this super odd because they encouraged her to dance in the first place it is super odd because they were literally doing the same thing with each other but now that the spotlight's on her and they're able to focus and it's too feminine yeah like bro don't act like you were not grinding two seconds ago with another naked man like (laughs) what where do we draw the line yeah they all get very uncomfortable as alexia's dance becomes more and more sexy the captain comes in telling them to shut the party down but catches the end of alexia's performance he also looks uncomfortable and just walks out do you think it's that he's embarrassed i think it's that he can no longer deny the fact that this is not his son it's like very blatant now or he was okay with the secrecy of it but not the like letting other people know i don't understand his discomfort in this last scene yeah like he's been accepting up to this point why why it suddenly changed the next scene we get is alexia returning back to her old ways she is having sex with one of the fire trucks but instead of the joy that she used to get out of it she begins to cry these next couple scenes are intercut with what's happening to the captain and what's happening to alexia just for clarity but the captain is in his bedroom drinking and crying again i don't understand why he was accepting one minute confronted with the reality that she's not his son he's now crying and drinking i can put up a charade that helps me get through it but then the moment that i'm hit with reality it's like that black mirror episode where you have the ai robot thing that's like an exact copy of your loved one that passed away but then the moment that it starts to become like no this isn't actually them you go back into grieving because you're like no it's it's definitely not them and it helped to kind of cope a little bit but I've been reminded now again that this is not them. So maybe that's this scene. Like Vincent is like, no, yeah, you're right. It's not my son. Yeah. We cut back to Alexia, who is on the floor of the firehouse, trying to tape up her body again. The captain, who has been drinking, now spills a drink over his chest and lights it on fire. Cutting back to Alexia, it appears that she is about to give birth, but the baby is tearing through her stomach as we see 
scraps of metal breaking through her skin. Another thing to kind of note in these scenes is that Alexia's coloring in these scenes is completely blue and the captains are all red. The captain is weakly trying to smother the flames on his chest and just kind of breaks down crying. Fuck, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, he's going through it. Alexia walks out of the firehouse naked. It seems like she's trying to run again, but she realizes that she can't get that far. Instead, she makes her way to the captain's room and crawls into bed next to him. In the lighting of the room, we can see that she has a bit of a mustache growing. A mustache. A mustache, if you will. She is laying on the captain's stomach and tells him that she loves him, and he says that he loves her too. She tries to show her love the only way she knows how, by kissing him on the mouth. He is repulsed by this and pushes her off. He tries to leave, but she calls after him, saying that she is scared and begs him not to leave. The captain contemplates leaving, but when he sees her vomit motor oil, he decides to stay and help. He flips her on her back and tells her to push. He grabs her hands and says, don't worry, I'm here. You need to push harder, Adrian. This is when she informs him that her name is Alexia. He corrects himself, saying, push harder, Alexia. She screams and pushes so hard that the scar on her head bursts open, and it kind of tears along the entire side of her body all the way to her stomach that already has a bunch of tears on it. That's crazy. It's an intense scene. Yeah. But... She delivers the baby. She hears the baby cry and asks how it is before, unfortunately, passing away. The captain calls her name and puts the baby down on the bed. He tries to resuscitate her, but it's no good. The cries of the baby pull him back to reality, and the captain reaches for some scissors to cut the baby's umbilical cord. He lays down next to Alexia, holding the baby in his arm, repeating to the infant that he is here and that there is no need to worry. It is here where we can see that the baby has a metal spine. It looks cool. It looks scary. It looks cool. The music blares as we get the final title card again. We never know the gender of the baby, but I want to believe that it's a boy because he lost his son. And this is kind of like his second chance with his, not his son, but a child. I don't like this death of Alexia, though. I understand it. In the law of horror movies, she is evil and must pay, right? You do something awful, you pay in horror movies, especially if you're a woman. When we first watched it, I said this ending reminds me a lot of Rosemary's Baby, where Rosemary approaches her child for the first time and she's like, what's wrong with it? It's a demon. But we don't ever see the baby or what happens afterwards. Yes, Alexia had a terrible father, but not everyone who has a terrible father ends up being a serial killer. (laughs) She kills people without mercy and without feeling. And yes, she does find this relationship that teaches her how human interaction can be better and it's not always bad, but it doesn't excuse the terrible things she has done. Yeah, no, I just didn't really want Alexia to die. I think it would have been cool to see where this relationship went and then see her be a better parent to this car baby. I think this relationship went as far as it could go because the captain could no longer deny that this wasn't his son and is now getting a second opportunity to be a father with an innocent child, not a murderous child. I enjoyed this movie more on the second watch. The first time, there's just so much craziness, you can't get over it. But when you like know that this is going to happen, you're kind of studying the characters a little more and trying to understand them a little more. I don't know what I would rate this because it's so wild. You know, like 
It's very much unlike any traditional horror I've seen. But because of that, I think I really liked it. I'm going to give it a 8 out of 10. I pictured 8 before you even said it. Like right as you were saying, I give it 8 and I was like 8. So I think I give it an 8 also. Yeah, because it's crazy. It has a very heavy drama sense to it. Definitely comedy throughout the film. And then there's like thriller aspects to it where it's like she's like enduring this pain with this birth ripping through her skin there's like a lot of body horror but then there's the drama of like learning what love means and i think that makes it powerful even though it's like ridiculous so i think it's uh it's an acquired taste i think 6.6 is definitely too low for it oh yeah because there are some scenes that are shot very beautifully as weird as that is to say for this movie and it is interesting that it's in the horror genre because it just kind of doesn't fit in any other genre you know what it feels like it feels like the murder and baby birth of a car is just a side effect to this story the wildest elements of this movie are not the focus it's just a wild watch do you want to talk about what scared Loki about this movie? He didn't get scared by anything. He just really loves cars. So I think he wouldn't have minded all the love for cars that Alexia felt. He'd get along with Alexia. <laughs> you want to tell us about it, Loki? Yeah, this was a weird movie. <laughs> Why'd you eyebrow raise at him? What do you get along with Alexia? She's a murderer. She loves cars. He loves cars. It's a perfect crime. It's a perfect crime. Yeah. Well, I hope you wouldn't get along with a murderer, but okay. He would. He wouldn't even know the difference. He really wouldn't. As always, you can find us pretty much anywhere at Shaken Out Scared Pod, except Twitter. Twitter is Shaken Scared Pod. You can send us an email at shakenoutscaredpod at gmail.com. Support the show on Patreon. You can get early access to episodes or a bonus episode and theme drink idea every month. Listen where Wherever you get your podcast, give us a follow, check out our drink videos. Be sure to like, rate, review, all that good stuff. And okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.